It was the third game of the Florida Panthers four-game West Coast trip, and they came out flat in their game against the Vegas Golden Knights in their final game of their season series. We're going to bring in Nick Fairbanks from PantherParkway.com on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show to discuss everything about the Florida Panthers 5-3 loss against the Vegas Golden Knights. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, March 18th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also follow the national show and Lockdown, excuse me, national show Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, it's uh, Florida Panthers are now 1-1-1 one, one, and one on this uh, West Coast trip with still an opportunity to have an over 500 trip. Yes, they left the point on the table in L.A., but this one, they just came out flat and just the Vegas Golden Knights really earned this win, uh, a, ve- a desperate Vegas Golden Knights team who was just coming off a five game road trip without collecting a single point and they came out desperate and they earned the win uh last night excuse me against the Florida Panthers and here to discuss uh this um five to three loss against the Vegas Golden Knights is Nick Fairbanks on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show so Nick welcome back to the show how are you man Doing very well. Uh, I think I'm very tired. Um, It's been a long week already and uh, just looking forward to the next week and uh, hopefully some exciting news coming our way. Yeah, definitely exciting news coming our way with everything related to a trade deadline and the Florida Panthers did make two moves um, just on Wednesday and maybe there's another move on the way which we'll talk about a little bit in the final segment. But the Panthers, they, they I wanted to get your take on it. The Florida Panthers making the trade for Frank, um, with Frank Cruciano to the New York Rangers, getting that pick from New York, using that pick to trade for Ben Sherratt with the Montreal Canadiens for Tice Milanich, the pick they got from New York, and a first-round pick in 2023. Um, since you haven't been on the show since last Friday and there was a trade in between um, – uh, I want to give you the floor a little bit on your thoughts on uh, the trade for uh, left-handed defenseman Ben Sherratt. I'm going to start off with uh, Frank Vitrano, uh, who's been uh, nothing but professional since he's been here. Um, awesome player uh, for the Panthers. Uh, always put in uh, his work on the ice and off the ice. Um, just very happy to see that he's going to another team that has a, a good, uh, you know, playoff spot basically already tightened up or you know locked in so um 
very happy for him. He'll get a chance to actually be on the second, third line. Um, he actually played pretty well tonight um, from what I saw on the Rangers feed. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, business is business. Um, I said this on the show maybe a week or two ago that Florida should be all in. Um, I think Bill Zito has proven that he is going to be all in. Um, and sometimes you got to make moves to make moves. And, um, you know, Frank Fraterno, unfortunately, was the first chip to fall. And then right after that, you know, I tweeted saying, you know, I don't think Zito's done. And sure enough, a couple hours later, uh, Ben Sherratt is going to be a Florida Panther. So um, not only does Bill Zito, um, you know, clear out that space for him, but also covers a need that this team is needed uh, on the blue line. Um, something that they've, um, you know, need going into the playoffs, somebody who has experience. Um, somebody who has vast experience uh, outside of the players that are actually on the blue line right now. So um, very good trades, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of Panthers fans were not overly impressed with who we got. I think they were stuck on like the Lynn Holmes or the Chickerins and um, possibly the Giordanos. But it comes down to um, what makes sense for the team um, and what's going to be better for them going forward. Yeah, and let, let's talk a little bit about um, Ben Sherratt, um, looking more into the numbers that Ben Sherratt, uh had. He also spoke to the media today, um, talked a little bit about um, relating uh, Aaron Eckblad's game to Shea Weber, playing with Shea Weber, going all the way to a Stanley Cup final. So when you get that kind of experience with, for someone, playing with someone like Shea Weber, I know Shea Weber hasn't played uh, this season, probably will never play again. But still getting that experience from a, a guy like Shea Weber and then bringing it and then having someone whose game is similar to Aaron Eckblad, it's just something, uh, but a younger version. It's just something uh, great to see for someone like Ben Schrott in a new change of scenery. Averages 23 point, um, 23 and a half minutes per game. And just looking at the, I want to look at the time on ice real quick. I mean, Eckblad and Weger, they were, they were logging uh, almost 27 minutes for Eckblad and almost, and just under 26 for Weger. So, Ben Schrott is going to um, – um, and Bill Zito talked about it, how he wants this to uh, not tax people like Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Eckblad. And I'm interested to see what the line combinations are going to be. I'm going to think that Gudis is going to go down to the third line with Montour. Thankfully, Montour has that flexibility of playing on both sides. Uh, so it, it, it it's great to see that there's still more flexibility. I mean, we saw it last year with um, – when – the Florida Panthers traded for Sam Bennett, Alex Wenberg, who played the second line most of last year. He went shifted down, and even though Wenberg played okay on that second line last year, it's the, it adds a little bit of that insurance uh, to the back end, and that's uh, shifting Gudis down to the third. That gives a little bit of insurance on the third-pairing defenseman because, I mean, Ben Schrott has 110 hits through uh, 54 games too, so just over two hits a game for uh, Ben Schrott as well. Definitely. And the thing is, is that the Panthers needed another top four defenseman. Um, I know that, you know, the analytics don't say that he is, but he's not an offensive defenseman. He's not a Uyghur. He's not an Ekblad. He's not a, you know, he's, he's not a Gustav Forsling or a Montour. He's a stay at home guy. He is definitely what the Panthers needed. Um, he's like a Gudis, but younger and bigger. And definitely just somebody who you can depend on, and uh, you know, on the blue line. Um, was watching highlights uh, last night and also um, today 
where, you know, you got to see him play against a player like Austin Matthews in the playoffs last year. And the fact is, is that he, as well as the other Canadians, were able to hold uh, Marner and Matthews basically pointless in the last three games of that series to win in game seven. Says a lot. So to me, he knows how to win. And if he knows how to do that, and the least might be a first round matchup for them, uh, for the Panthers, you need everything in your arsenal right now. Um, and, you know, with Gudis moving down on the third pairing, I think it might be a little bit easier for him. Um, I know he's been playing with um, Forsling. Um, I think Forsling needs to be let loose a little bit more. I think he needs to not have so much of an anchor. Um, he needs to have uh, that defend, that dependable, bigger defenseman with him so that he can actually uh, play his game and uh, jump up in the uh, play a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, Forsling with, like, his two-way game of how he's able to handle the puck, I'm just always amazed of how of how uh, Gus Forsling is just able to handle the puck being on that second pair. So, honestly, we could see so many different combinations of that top four. We could see Sherratt, Ekblad. We could see uh, possibly uh, Sherratt, Forsling, um, and Uyghur. He could play on both sides, too. We could see either one of those, and we could see different types. And uh, Bill Zito did confirm that Ben Sherratt will be joining the Florida Panthers, not on this road trip, but in their first game back against the Montreal Canadiens. So he doesn't even have to fly a plane yet. He has a little bit of time to move all of his stuff out of his uh, place of residence um, in Montreal. So good for him that he gets to get a little bit uh, settled and uh, make his way down, get all the visa visa uh, stuff uh, taken care of, too. So good for reinforcements are on the way. And there's only one game left on this uh, on this right before they play again. So not the end of the world. The Florida Panthers, if they hold the fort and get the win against uh, Anaheim on Friday, five out of eight points and, and reinforcements on the way. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to actually have to talk about a game that the Florida Panthers played on uh, Thursday night against the Vegas Golden Knights. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bilt Bar. And this is a time of year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallow-y. Not just a protein bar, they're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Go to BiltBar.com and you scroll down the macros chart and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Compare that to a candy bar which has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to boat.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at bill.com. Second segment on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Armando Velez here with Nick Fairbanks. Um, so third game of this West Coast trip. Um <sighs> <laughs> They didn't look good. Let's let's just call it what it is. And at the at, and at some point in this game, despite all the sloppiness, passes not being there, miscommunications of the Panthers having four players on the ice and not being on the PK, 
still the game was right there for the taking for the Panthers, despite all of those circumstances. And this one's a frustrating one, despite and Sam Bennett, the trip, um, he fell himself and then Nicholas Wall took it all the way, went backhand on night. And that was just, that was just uh, pretty much the story of the game, um, despite um, the Panthers being tied uh, at three at one point. Um, your thoughts on this one, sir? So I think frustrating would be probably the best word to describe it. Um, I know before we started the show that, um, you know, we had mentioned possibly having the Vegas flu with, you know, this team possibly being out the night before, which, you know, they can blow off steam and they can have a good time, but um, hadn't really seen them look like this all season. I mean, you've seen some inconsistencies, you've seen some, you know, times where they weren't able to enter, you know, the offensive zone or really get anything going, but this was uncharacteristic where passes were not connecting. The puck was just jumping off of the sticks. Um, they were throwing the puck into areas where they thought a player was going to be, and there was nobody there. Um, but I have to give credit where credit's due. Vegas played them very tough. Vegas won a lot of board battles, didn't allow Florida anything easy. Um, I mean, you can tell that by the uh, scoring chances. I mean, not everything through the slot for the Panthers was working. Um, it was working for Vegas, and luckily Spencer Knight played, I think, his best game uh, this season, um, even though he didn't get the result that we wanted. But, um, yeah, just the team just did not look organized at all, and it seemed like – you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, it looked like another game to them and that they weren't taking it seriously until towards the end of the third period where, you know, unfortunately, Anthony Duclair gets two and 10 for and sportsmanlike conduct. Um, going to have to look up what he said to Wes McCauley. But um, as I said in the chat room, might have said that he's uh, wearing a larger size of pants nowadays and maybe Wes didn't like that too much. But, um, you know, you got to move on to the next one. Um, and it's against Anaheim, uh, another team that, you know, it's not in the playoff picture. Uh, and, you know, you got to take care of business. And hopefully Sergei Bobrovsky is um, healthy enough to actually play tomorrow. Um, kind of scary that he got hit early in the week on the puck on the bench. Yeah. Um, Aaron Eckblad, after the game, uh, spoke to the media and he said it twice. Uh, we're on to the next one uh, when it comes to. Uh, dropping this one and, and Andrew Burnett also spoke to the media after the game saying that he did not get a single explanation on what Anthony Duclair possibly said uh, to Wes McCauley and it, it's funny because as a referee myself I've, I'm kind of a fan of Wes McCauley and how extra he can be <laughs> with his with his calls but you spoke about Spencer Knight how it's not really his, his fault in this one I, I of the 32 shots that he faced nine of them were on the power on the on the penalty kill so, mm -hmm. so, and, and outside of the 10 minute misconduct, um, PIM was 16 to two in favor of, um, Vegas with Florida getting the 16 minutes, but you subtract 10 from the, the Duclair, um, um, misconduct, misconduct. Yeah. um, the Vegas Golden Knights got three average three, three power play shots on goal throughout their three power play opportunities. So that's a lot of shots also to take for Spencer Knight as well. Um, pressure all night. I mean, just, just in the first period alone, just look, just looking at, uh, just looking at that slot shots were 11 to four VGK rush mm -hmm. chances were five to two after, after, um, after one as well. So 
a lot of a lot of times that the Florida Panthers are having a hard time exiting their zone, um, turnovers in the neutral zone. I mean, I mean, and despite all that, like again, it was tied at three at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Ekblad, uh, like three points tonight, gets the gets the um, record for most points by a defenseman in Florida Panthers history. I believe it was two ninety one. I have it written down somewhere. Two ninety one. Yes, that's correct. So so two and. A historic night for for a personal accomplishment. Aaron Eckblad after the game talked about how it's a team accomplishment. You know, hockey culture. You know, unselfish uh, being being all about the team and being uh, unselfish, but still a great accomplishment. And also, let's talk a little bit about how it took a, it took until the third period to really for the Florida Panthers to really get their first uh, power play opportunity. They cashed in. Uh, Sam Reinhart is right in front of the net on Aaron Eckblad's shot from the point, gets it in. And they're facing, and it's also they're facing off against a goaltender who only made, who's only played in his sixth career game in the NHL level. So that's also the frustrating thing about losing uh, one like this. And sometimes it's it's been so strange these last few weeks that in that homestand you lose against goalies who aren't starters, and then you lose against the backup to the backup. <laughs> yeah, and. You know, it, it's funny because I mentioned on Twitter, he was a rebound machine tonight. I mean, anything that was being thrown at the net was getting bounced right off of him and landing right in front of him or there was an opportunity to be there. So it tells me that the Panthers are not willing to go to the dirty areas tonight to try and get, you know, a goal or not. Um, Maxine Mammon had a chance that should have. Yeah. He, yeah. He just basically whiffed. And unfortunately, um you know, I think that's going to be it for his experiment on the first line because uh, obviously there's going to be some moves made, but um, just not a good night for the team. Um, you know, when you have a goaltender like that in, always, always, always throw as many pucks at him as you can because you know what? You never know what's going to happen. It might just trickle past him or he'll give up a juicy rebound like he was and you'll have a guy there to clean up. So, um, you know, on Ekblad, it is a – awesome achievement um you know with this team's history and everything and the type of defenseman they've had the fact that robert svela held that record for so long is amazing to me but it also goes to show um what kind of team this is i mean think about it outside of 93 or 96 this is the best panthers team and this is also probably the best quote-unquote era of the florida panthers we've ever seen I mean, we have Jonathan Uberdo, who's already now the top point getter on the team. He's about to pass Stephen Weiss for the most games played. Um, you got um, Barkoff, who's going to do the same. And now you have Ekblad, who finally passed Vela. So all these former records that the Florida Panthers have are going to be crushed by all the core, basically. And, you know, it's not so bad. It's not so bad down here. It isn't. And... I mean, Aaron Eckblad's contract doesn't expire until the 26th offseason or 25th um, um, or the t- t- 2025 offseason. Barkoff is here for eight more years uh, starting next year. Huberdeau is likely going to get extended. So even when they're done playing hockey for the Florida Panthers, um, those are going to be records, wh- whether it's game plays, games played, points, goals, goals by defensemen for in Eckblad's case those are going to be records that could be held for decades upon decades. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard for anyone to pass those. So it, it, it's a, it's special what they got going on here. And it's coming at a, at, 
at a time where the, I mean, we we're, we're the crisis in our world with like COVID-19 and all that stuff. And it's like trying to bounce back. And of course you have this team down in South Florida um, just co coming out and just per putting on a show every night. And of course, starting stealing words from Doug Plagans um, foundational season last year and just continuing it on. And of course, you know, tonight sucked. Um, <laughs> shots on goal, 36 to 33 in favor of the Panthers, but it doesn't tell the whole story. It really doesn't. If people don't watch the people didn't watch this game, which a lot of people listening to this probably did not watch this game, um, because of how late it was. But for, for those listening, for those listening who didn't stay up, um, Nick said it best, not getting into the dirty areas was the Panthers problem. And that's some, something unlike the, the Panthers this season, but also the Florida Panthers had a hard time overcoming two losses in this one. Number one is was Patrick Hornquist. He was out um the the rest of this game. I'm trying to I'm trying to look up uh when his um last shift was on natural stat trick, but it's not loading at the moment. But um it, it he he was out he didn't even he didn't even play that whole uh third period uh for the for the for the Panthers if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um Jack Eichel on the other end didn't play that whole third period um as as well. So even, yeah, he got knocked around pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, both teams were dealing with their fair share of injuries, and then of course Anthony Duclair um, with that ten minute misconduct pen um, penalty. But you're going up against a Vegas Golden Knights team in this case, no Mark Stone, no Max Pacioretty, and this team couldn't take advantage of, and and no Robin Leonard too. <laughs> so you, you couldn't take advantage of. Uh, of of all those factors and again like i'm looking up the, when um when the sam bennett um excuse me ryan excuse me sam reinhardt goal was um to tie the game i think, I think it was 12, eight minutes to go 12 26 in the third period yeah so there was plenty of time to make something happen there was still plenty of time to not make that boneheaded mistake that even through all, all of that Despite that fluky play, it could have all been a point at the end of the night. But shoulda, coulda, woulda. We could have, we could play that all we want. But it's crazy they didn't how they deserve still, it. Say, they didn't deserve it. But it's crazy yeah. how they still could have gotten that, regardless of all that sloppy play against th this team. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Andrew Burnett said after the game that they were the more desperate team and that they 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 deserve to win. So. Florida drops this one, not not the type of game that uh, the Panthers uh, showed up for, but still, um, there there's still opportunity for the Cats to uh, to uh, end this road trip on a high note. Um, goal scores in this one were Carver Hagee, uh, who scored again um, after going on a little bit of a drought um, the last two weeks. He has a quite a few goals on on, on hand. Sam Reinhart on, on the power play, and then. Uh, Sam, Sam Bennett as well, uh, scoring for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Spencer Knight goes 28 of 32. Once again, nine of those shots were on the, on the penalty kill um, for, for the Florida Panthers. So, again, not of the fault of Spencer Knight in this one. Um, and who knows if he'll be starting tomorrow or not. So we'll discuss that more over the weekend um, here, here on Locked on Panthers. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk more about scores around the league. Uh, stories around uh, the NHL in the upcoming trade deadline. But first, we're going to tell you all 
about Bet Online. It's that time of year as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Third and final segment of this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here to discuss this 5-3 to three loss against the Vegas Golden Knights. So, Nick, I don't know about you, but with these late games uh, this week, I had an opportunity to watch a little bit of the early games uh, uh, today, um, mm-hmm. as well as some college basketball. I'm not I'm not going to lie with the NCAA tournament. I did see uh, Kentucky go down in the in the last minute, uh, flipping between <laughs> uh, Toronto, Carolina, and that. And of course, I did watch the pregame ceremony um, for Claude Drew's 1,000th game. I wanted to see that because of all the rumors that were surrounding um, Claude Drew and the Florida Panthers. Apparently, which is this comes as no surprise. Apparently, Claude Giroux did not waive his no movement clause for a possible trade to the Boston Bruins or the New York Rangers. And nobody should be surprised. (laughs) When you play for a franchise for 15 years, you're the captain. You hate anything related to the logo of those two teams. So the two teams standing now for Claude Giroux are the Florida Panthers and the Colorado Avalanche, two teams that have been linked to him this whole time. Claude Giroux won't be traveling with the Philadelphia Flyers to Ottawa uh, for tonight's game. Uh, against the Senators. <laughs> Just, like for people who aren't li- who aren't watching on the YouTube feed, I'm shrugging my shoulders right now, saying it's like, what's gonna happen in these next <laughs> few days? I mean, I, I haven't um, I haven't reached I haven't rechecked Twitter, but all signs are indicating that Claude Drew is ma- is uh, making his way uh, to the Florida Panthers. Try not to like. Try not to get. I'm trying not to get too antsy about all of this, but it's just like, like we both grew up watching someone like Claude Drew in Philadelphia for a long time. It's like South Florida, here. <laughs> he, like, it, it's just hard to process. So two things with that. Uh, number one, I, I'm gonna kind of um, quote Kevin Weeks here, saying everything's fluid. Um, you know, it seemed like Florida had a deal in place um, and it was going to go down tonight and everything. But, you know, I think, you know, Bill Zito was doing the right thing with allowing Claude to kind of take tonight in and, you know, really encapsulate, you know, his career in Philadelphia. I mean, if you even read into his postgame comments, he knows he's not going to be in Philadelphia past Monday um, if that if he lasts that long. Um, so, you know, hats off to, you know, them acknowledging that and then the second part of it is is that florida is now a destination whether people want to think about it or not i mean how many times i have to click f5 on my computer uh, that that button's going to turn into dust soon um if i'm on my phone i'm pretty sure i can see the finger imprint on my screen where i'm just you know swiping down to refresh twitter every like five seconds um you know it, it this is the exciting time of the year it's almost like christmas for hockey fans and everything. So it's always an exciting time. Um, but 
um, Florida is a destination. And, um, you know, with all the jokes aside, you know, about having seven fans and stuff like that, people are turning out the games. They're seeing a quality product and players are starting to notice that and they want to come play here. Um, and now that they are a legit threat to win the cup or go to the cup, players want a chance at that and they want to, they want to win the cup. So why not? You know, we're going all in. I'm glad Zito's going all in, but you know, the paper, you know, the pen hasn't met the paper yet. It's not, you know, wet. So we'll have to see what happens in the next 48 hours. You know, nothing set in stone yet. You're absolutely right on, on, on that, on that front, when it comes to uh, the possibility of it happening. Um, Yeah. It's just, the anticipation is real. I mean, you think about even prior to a possible Claude Drew trade, you think about Patrick Hornquist, um, the trade for Mike Matheson, Joe Thornton, um, talking about how he, ha- while he was playing his series against the Montreal Canadiens um, just last season, he said he was keeping an eye on that Florida Tampa series that whole time. And I, so many people outside of the fan bases of the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning spoke about that series and they mm-hmm. want hockey to succeed down here. Um, and just seeing how, how much of a battle it was. So, and Joe Thorne wanting to be a, a part of what they're building here. So you said it destination for, for, for hockey players. And I mean, a few weeks ago, even during All-Star Weekend, which was in Vegas, John Huberdeau making his uh, return to Vegas first time since the All-Star Weekend, people were, players were like, kind of like teasing at Huberdeau. is like, oh, you're always posting on your Instagram story about how, about your, uh, your uh, house down in South Florida. Life is good down there. Like, people uh. notice that. <laughs> players notice that, like quality of life. Too. It's not just going to the rink and wanting to play for a contender. It's players wanting to have a quality of life. And I mean, even snowbirds who have decided to move down here after a while, they get so accumulated to the weather down here that even a little bit of cold uh, comes their way. They're, 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 they don't want to have any of it. And that's the beauty of a place like this. And of course, no state income tax. No. Oh. Definitely. I mean, you know, how, how can you go wrong with that part of it? But um, no, <laughs> I, I just think that things are coming together at the right time. And, you know, I think a lot of players are taking notice. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, how the rest of the season pans out, especially in the playoffs. But, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see what the offseason is going to bring. I mean, we have some people that are going to come off the books, um, you know, going back to the whole Hornquist situation, it's unfortunate for him, but isn't he making somewhere around like 5 million bucks a year right mm. now? He usually takes a couple weeks to a couple months off when he gets injured, I've noticed, since he's become a Panther. What's stopping the Florida Panthers from possibly putting him on LTIR and opening, opening up another 5 million? Hmm. Interesting question. Um, the thing is, the amount of days they have to do it right before um, mm. the trade deadline. That's that's really what it comes down to. So personally for me, when it comes to putting Patrick Hornquist on LTIR before Monday, chances are I'm, I'm not going to count on it. Okay. But it is a possibility that, th- that it could happen. Um, and we talk about Patrick Hornquist as well um, when it comes to cap space for next year. And 
why we could also talk about the mindset of Bill Zito going for trades right now because you're giving you don't have a first round pick next year or the year after. Next year, there's going to have a majority of Yandel's uh, buyout on the books. So next year's trade deadline might not be a deadline for Bill Zito to be aggressive. And we don't know um, what that's going to be. But with with how dominant they are now, second in points percentage right now in the Eastern Conference, just behind Carolina, even though Carolina lost to Toronto um, yesterday. Um, and unfortunately, Toronto won both games with Austin Matthews suspended. So that's a little frustrating there. But Darn. <laughs> yeah, but the I think about that mindset with uh, Zito saying, this is what's coming related to our cap. Let's capitalize mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and you know he's he's trying to clean up messes from previous management or previous ownership uh, decisions and everything. And you know he's doing he's done very well. He's been able to find diamonds in the rough. You know you think about Carter Verhage's, you you think about Anthony Duclairs, um, you know players of that fashion that have come in on the cheap and then decided to extend their contracts at still reasonable rates. Um, but now you know you have the key handle buyout that's still on the books. I believe Roberto Luongo's buyout um, is still on the books. And then I think you have, um, who's the other goaltender that we traded for? Scott Darling. Scott Darling, I think that's still going to be on the book. So you still have some money tied up, but hopefully following next season, um, that won't be an issue. And, you know, you'll have players like Uberto being, you know, extended to the money that he deserves. And on top of that, you know, you'll be able to keep this thing going. Yeah, and L- Roberto Luongo's recapture penalty will come off uh, after this season, and Scott Darling's uh, last uh, $1.18 million, uh, la- next year will be the last season of that. And then the buyout after Keith Yandel's 2022-23, uh, after 20, the 23 offseason, it'll just be worth $1.24 million after that. So next year's, uh, next year's uh, in, in the offseason, you're going to have to possibly move a Brandon Montour and or a Patrick Hornquist uh, next offseason in order to like make make room in case in the case that the Florida Panthers uh, might want to maybe offer Mason Marchment a little bit of money to keep him around because it'll be it'll be tough to lose Mason Marchment, but I think he's gonna get paid. Like it, it, that's gonna be tough, <laughs> but he is yeah. he is and he he deserves it right now. He he's worked his butt off. He's worked at every single level, and he's he's very deserving of it and. I have to say, uh, what a fine trade that was by Dale Talon. Absolutely. Uh, one of the final trades that he made right before uh, his uh, his time with the Panthers uh, it was done. But, Nick, I want to thank you so much for once again for joining me on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this uh, Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. Next week, you will be here at an earlier time because the Florida Panthers <laughs> will be facing off against the Montreal Canadiens on the road um, at 7 p.m. So we'll definitely have an earlier show. So uh, definitely uh, looking forward to that. Thank you again for having me on. Uh, I know it's a late night and everything, and I I really can't wait to get to bed and everything. But um, just letting everybody know that, hey, listen, everything's all good. You know, the team is still in a good place. Um, Let's just get through the trade deadline. Hopefully you make some extra moves and everything and push us over the top. And uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Prudentia Zero and uh, at PantherParkway.com. Armando, thank you again.
Thank you so much, Nick, for uh, join, joining me on the show and look, looking forward to next week. And in the meantime, everybody, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's your team? Every day.